Hello everybody, um, hope you're doing well. Um, bit of a random one this week, uh, just me. Uh, last week we weren't, we weren't able to podcast, both just very uh, busy with work and other things. And we never want to kind of make ourselves podcast if that's going to make life too stressful. So um, Luke's still quite busy this week. Uh, I'm away with work actually. Uh, I'm in, uh, in Sheffield, beautiful city, uh, visiting my sister uh, and her husband. Um, so that's why I've got a different setup here as well. I'm just talking into my uh, phone camera. Um, but yeah, had a bit of time this afternoon, so thought I'd um, put together a bit of a podcast on my own, go through last week, chat through some of the options for this week, uh, give up a double game week 25 as well, and uh, yeah, just some of my general thoughts. Um, so yeah, apologies, the quality won't be as high, it's just me and my phone camera, um, uh, and yeah, just me rather than Luke this week, but yeah, let's just, let's just crack on, let's go for it, and whether you're listening to this or watching it, it doesn't really matter this week, because there's not going to be any graphics on the screen or anything like that. Um, I hope you all had a good game week 23. I had an, an okay game week 23. Very average. I scored 79, which I think was like the average score. Or 78 I got. I was literally a point off getting a green arrow. It's a bit frustrating, but it was looking bad. And then uh, the last game went well for me. I had De Bruyne and, um, and Saka as well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like many people who are in this, I've got Edison, which has been very, very frustrating. Uh absolutely killer the last few weeks the fact that him and Kepa if you've got them both as well keep outscoring each other um, depending on who's got the more difficult fixture tends to do better which is very frustrating uh, but also like this week was ridiculous I mean Kepa played first got the two points so we're kind of like I was joking to Luke saying oh imagine if Edison still finds a way to get less points and he very nearly did I mean he could easily have been sent off for a second yellow uh, which would have left him on like zero points overall um, and even in the that second game, if he just conceded one more goal, he'd have got two points overall, the same as Kepa. So, yeah, very frustrating to own. Uh, I can't not wait to sell him, uh, probably in game week 25 for Pickford or for um, another goalkeeper um, as well around that time. Um, I guess it was a funny week in that it was maybe up until that last game, it was kind of people having a great week started Shaw and owned Mares. People who weren't having a great week didn't start Shaw and didn't own Mares. So it felt like it swung on just a couple of things. Um, yeah, one of my one of my kind of thoughts on that is that I saw a lot of people on Twitter who were annoyed, you know, that that or thought it was a mistake that they benched Shaw. And actually, for a lot of teams who benched Shaw, it was a perfectly like reasonable decision. Like, it didn't even require a lot of thought um, for most people because of the way their team was set up. And uh, you know, and even with the outcome, if you look at the underlying data, like most people like Leeds normally score in that game their XG was over two and Shaw wasn't particularly attacking he only went to left back towards the end puts in one cross brilliant header from Rashford um, so even if you have even with the outcome I don't think it was a mistake for those people but I'd also say like there shouldn't be any grievance towards those who started him either because also for those who started him it was a pretty easy decision I think uh, most people this week uh, it just depends on their team structure if they've also got Patterson and Bueno for example it was pretty obvious he needed to start Shaw um, Mara's like great pick for those who went there a few weeks ago um, I didn't go with that with that pick I read his minutes completely wrong didn't think he was anywhere as nearly as nailed um, as he has been the last few weeks whether that will change uh, this weekend uh, who knows um, but yeah thankfully I managed to get a uh, managed to get a, like, I guess a grey arrow a tiny red arrow in the end um, I did um Bruno did De Bruyne, so I was pleased that that worked out and that was a good decision in the end. And then I did I did that Martinelli to Erdegaard switch that lots of people did. I think Martinelli got one more point in the end, actually, but I would be, like, 
absolutely fine with that if you're a um, uh, if you've done that switch like I think that made perfect sense and you're now really well set up if you didn't make that switch I would say like now is not the time to do it I think you need to commit for that to that first double now the upside of doing it isn't as high particularly uh, given that you'll need to prepare and have players for 25 uh, as well um, yeah and I guess just on that idea of judging decisions as well I'm trying to work that out afterwards like can be very easy to constantly think oh that was a bad decision oh sorry that was a good decision but a bad outcome etc but you know I think there are loads of times when I've made really bad decisions this game this uh, season as well like uh, like I think game week 19 I didn't start Mitrovic probably should have like it seemed from the press conference he maybe wasn't going to play but it was quite 50-50 and we know that <laughs> Fulham have a history of lying about that particularly with Mitrovic so it's probably worth the gamble of starting him I didn't start him he got 15 points um, like I started the whole season with Ward and um, uh, Iverson. It was the wrong time to do it. The fixtures were really bad. I just got tempted by the extra 0.5 to spend on my outfield. Um, and then a lot of people did well with that later on when they um, they started to massively, <laughs> yeah, start to get quite lucky and keep clean sheets. But in, in general, that was a bad decision. So um, the, we sit here quite a lot every week and say, oh, that was a bad, like, fine decision, bad outcome. But, you know, we don't think that about all our decisions, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, in terms of like the next game week and in general, I'm just going to go through each of the teams really one by one uh, in terms of the teams that are actually uh, relevant, I guess, at the moment and discuss uh, some of their assets. I've already touched on Arsenal already. Um, I basically think, I don't think, I think it's an interesting one. I think if you were to free hit now or wildcard now, sorry, and you just had a completely clean slate, you're obviously going to have triple Arsenal. Um, I think I'd probably go with, I think you have to go with Saka and Odegaard and I think Gabriel's probably the other one or Nketiah. Uh, I think Gabriel, probably Gabriel, Odegaard and Saka would be the three I'd go for who I, who I now own, which is why I did the Martinelli to Odegaard switch. Um, so they're still really, really good assets and they're all really underpriced. And I still think even if you've got White now, like, yeah, that I think even though he's been benched once, uh, I'm, I'm not, not sure how that's going to play out. I, I, I imagine he'll get his spot back considering how much Tommy Asu struggled, but it also seems very harsh for Arteta to, to throw in Tommy against the best team in the league, one of the best teams in the world, for him to struggle and then to drop him straight away. Um, but, may, but then also maybe it's just a rest for White, and that's why he did it. Uh, that seems unlikely given the opposition. It was probably more tactical, but whether it was tactical or like a long potential long-term change, we'll, we'll find that out. Um, so I'd stick with whichever Arsenal players you have now, probably. I think that's probably the best way to do it. I think Saka has really kind of proved... I mean, it's easy to say, isn't it, when a player's literally just got a penalty. <laughs> uh, but that, that that's why we like penalty takers. Same goes for Kane, Salah. Um, it's just so valuable. That extra, like, four or five goals you're probably going to get a season is, is huge. And, and that's why I think Saka's worth that extra money over uh, Odegaard or Martinelli. And, you know, and then relating that to Salah, like, if Salah just happened to have... I mean, it's not a single penalty all season. If he happened to have just two or three penalties, like, we would be thinking very differently about him, I think. If he happened to be really lucky and have, like, five or six penalties already, he'd be right up there with the top-scoring midfielders. So um, there's always that hope. And I guess the other thing with penalty takers is you can play badly but get a penalty as well. So even if a team's struggling uh, and they're, you know, they've lost key players, they've got to fixtures, etc. Like, if they're a penalty taker, you feel a bit safer playing them as well. Um, they just add so much valuable to them each individually uh, as assets. A um, couple of thoughts on Nketiah. I think he's pretty safe, like moving forward up until uh, probably up until game week 26 at the least. 
uh, just based on what Arteta said. He said he's out on the grass now. He's trained on his own, but he said he's like doing some. He said to me weird, like he's doing some walking with the football, which may, may seem weird, but that basically means he's on the grass. He's not sprinting yet. Um, he'll be doing some like landing work, probably um, doing some like light jogging. I'd imagine that's just generally how these things kind of work. But when he's at that stage, like it's going to be a couple of weeks before he's then running. You know, it's then probably going to be another week or so before they're happy with him to put him in with a full team training session. And then they've got to be comfortable starting him. But not only that, they've got to be comfortable that he's got his... Uh, they've got to actually build his match fitness up as well. It's not just a case of recovering from an injury. It's about getting ready to play 90 minutes. So even when we know Gabriel's in full training, you probably know you've probably got a couple of weeks left of Nketiah then still. Because um, Gabriel's probably going to come off the bench for 30 minutes initially, maybe then 45 minutes, maybe then start. But even then, like, who's to say that Gabriel comes straight back in for Nketiah? Uh, I would, I probably think he probably does. Um, and Getty has been very good. Like he could just hold that place um, uh, as well. Um, moving on to Man United, just a couple of thoughts on that. I think basically I would just say like don't be scared to sell Man United players now. I think if you can keep Rashford in 25, that's great. He's really really good value uh, in general and this season particularly. Like it's amazing what a difference it can make. Just tactically having a different manager, um, losing a player like Ronaldo who could change the way they played completely. Um, uh, yeah, there's obviously a psychological element, I guess, with confidence as well. But that, you know, it's always going to seem like that's the case because if you're scoring goals, you're likely to be in a good mood anyway. The team's likely to be winning matches. So it's easy just to credit it to, to confidence. Um, and I'm sure that plays a bit of a part, but I think it's mainly a tactical thing. Like we already knew that Rashford could do this. He scored, did he score 20, maybe 19 league goals a few seasons ago? Like he's very, very, very capable, very, very talented player. And it's just great. Like he's, he's such a good player. So um, I think I'm I'm not a Man United fan, but I'm just pleased to see him doing well because he seems like a good guy. Same with same with Saka. To be honest, they just seem like really good lads. <laughs> um, but I do think you can be like I think if you you can sell Bruno now, that's absolutely fine. And he, and Luke Shaw, like don't feel like you have to hold him either. They're really really easy transfers out. I think particularly going into 25, uh, you'll probably if you've got Trippier again, you probably want to try and keep Trippier. Um, you probably want to try and keep Rashford. You're probably going to have another player who doesn't play. So Bruno is like fine to sell. He frees up money to go to Salah if you're not at Salah already as well. So like, don't be worried about selling those players at all, in my opinion. Um, I think it's a shame because like, they're one of those teams where there's always a bit of a dilemma because they're playing so well at the moment, United. Um, like playing really well, particularly their attacks, uh, extremely good. Um, but it's just it's just not a time to buy them, is it? If you've not got three, like don't don't buy a third now. So I wouldn't be thinking about those players right now. And I'd also say just game week 24 in general, depends on your teams, but I think for most teams it makes sense to roll so you have more knowledge going into that double in 25, um, which I think is why a lot of people last week used up both their trees, both their free transfers um, if they had them. I can just feel this camera slipping. It's currently rested on a can of kidney beans on top of a speaker. There we go. Lovely stuff. Um... Uh, Newcastle, I thought I'd chat a bit about Newcastle because they're very good and a lot of players own players from Newcastle but again they don't have a double coming up, in fact they blank uh, in 25. Um, I kind of feel similar about Trippier as I do about Rashford, I think if you can, if your team's in a good enough place where you can hold him through that 25 then do it, but like yeah, I would like really advise if you can, but if that's not possible and you need to sell to be able to play 11 or selling allows you to have, I don't know, Trent or Darwin or Salah 
Well, I think it, and you've got a plan to get them back. Again, you can do that in some situations, depending on chip strategy as well, which again, you might have more of an idea um, on towards 25. Um, so I would say that I would also say with Trippier just like don't be scared to bench him this week as well uh, it's also like Shaw last week it's very team dependent um, I put a tweet out saying well what I just said about Shaw in terms of for most people it's an easy decision to either bench him or to start him saying it was the same for Trippier this week since then I think I've changed my mind from looking at other people's teams I think it is more of a difficult situation for some people this week I think with a player like Walker or Ake I think you probably play yeah probably play Trippier instead uh, although it's close, just because, I mean, you'd, in my opinion, you'd rather have Walker and Ake if they're starting, but there's the, the risk of that cameo that it becomes really frustrating. Um, that probably would make me just go Trippier. I would play a Brentford defender over Trippier this week. I would play Dunk over Trippier for sure. Um, even like Kilman, if some of you have got him. Like, teams with a good fixture. Ultimately, Liverpool's a really tough fixture. And like, I'm fully aware that Trippier can get a 15 pointer, but ultimately, it is unlikely against Liverpool. Like it can be really tempting with these players who are really good to say, oh no, this player's capable of hauling. It's like, yeah, we know that. <laughs> it happens with Haaland all the time. Like people saying, oh, Haaland could just like even if Haaland doesn't come, up, even if Haaland doesn't start, he could come off the bench and haul. It's like, well, yeah, like of course he could, but still, you know, if you knew he wasn't starting, you wouldn't play, you wouldn't captain him, would you? So it can be used to get into that mindset with big players who've gone big in the past, but you still have to remember that fixtures impact them. So this week with Trippier, I think it's absolutely fine to bench him. Um, but with other people, like it'll be an easier decision to start him as well. But for those of you who have a dilemma over like a Wolves player or a Brentford player or uh, a uh, Brighton player, for example, I would probably play, I probably wouldn't play Trippier. Um, I'm just going to have a quick look as well at some of the other fixtures. Um, yeah, if you've got a Chelsea defender again, you probably play them over Trippier as well. Uh, Shaw, you play over Trippier, I think, probably. Ben White's an interesting one, I guess, because you don't know whether he's going to start. I think I'd play White over Trippier if I was confident White was going to start. And the fact he came off the bench and he's very likely, likely to come off the bench if he doesn't start means I'd probably actually go with uh, Trippier uh, on that one, I think. But that's a close one. That's a close one, similar to the Man City assets, I think. Um, I guess also on Newcastle, uh, Almiron as well. A lot of people got rid of him and now he started to return. For those who held him, he's just got a couple of returns in a couple of weeks. He's another one where I think he's a really easy sell going into 25. And like, if you're going to sell him and you've got two, three, two free transfers now, he's probably a nice player to remove uh, going into 25 um, also. So I guess the big thing with United and Newcastle is like, don't be scared about selling them. If it's best for your team, if you think you get more uh, EV or expected value, expected points from them, either based on a model or based on your own thoughts, then just do it. Like, take into account the money, the value that, excuse me, the value that you'll use, um, you'll lose. Um, so that's why yeah, I'd probably like only sell Trippier um, if it allows me. I don't have Trippier actually, but I think if you've got Trippier, I'd probably only sell them if it allows you to have, for example, Trent or Darwin or really get a huge benefit out of one of the doubles. Try and keep them otherwise. Um, I thought I'd ch chat a bit about Chelsea because I think Chelsea are a really interesting team because they don't have any doubles, don't have any blanks, but also they have good fixtures, particularly from game week 26. I believe they play um, Everton, Leeds and Leicester. Don't think in that order, but they play those three, three things, 26, 27, 28. And I think that means they're kind of like a safe buy 
if you don't know what your chip strategy is yet. Because it means if you suddenly decide not to play your free hit in a blank, you've got a player who plays. Um, and if uh, you don't, if there's other players you'd rather play in a double, at least you've got a player with a good fixture, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, so, like Felix is like definitely a really good option. He's looked great when he when he's played. We know he's a good player, good underlying data historically. Um, and with the amount, I guess the key thing with Felix is the amount of money they paid for him. They paid for him makes it like pretty obvious that he's nailed. I think otherwise they wouldn't give out that amount of money for him. The fact that Bamiyang's not even in their um, in their squad for the Champions League, like I think it's pretty clear that Felix is probably number one there. So he's a nice one. I think he's probably for for a lot of people like me who have Mitrovic. In 26, Mitrovic's fixtures get worse. He's probably a nice um, transfer in then um, as well for Mitrovic for, for some people. I think from 26, Mitrovic has Brentford, Arsenal and Liverpool. I think they're the three the, the three uh, players. I would be. I mean, James is back from injury now. We all buy him and then he gets injured again. So I, I would be really, really hesitant to get James. Like when you know he's going to start, he's obviously fantastic because of his underlying data and his ability to... Um, yeah, not just to get clean sheets like Kepa, um, but to uh, to go forward is like his ability going forward is so good that if you know he's going to start, he's great. But I just don't trust him. Like I just, it's not just the fact he could pick up another injury. It's like the early subs. Like it's really, you see managers sometimes, and again I know this from from working with managers that some of them will like plan substitutions for specific times. So managers will literally go into a game knowing right this player's going to play sixty minutes. Um, and I guess 60 is just used because it's quite a nice round number quite a lot of the time. It's an hour. Uh, and that'll often be based on advice from the performance team um, if a player's managing an injury. But it's just it will just happen more with players like James where he's not managing an injury anymore, but they're just trying to be careful with him. And I would say with Chelsea, we see that happen all the time. Like so often substitutions happen like 59th minute, 60th minute, 61st minute because they know that's generally about the time. So the risk of him losing a clean sheet or the gamble of him then banking a clean sheet early is quite high. Um, so I would just be really... I don't think many people are thinking about getting James because of doubles, but he's one I'd be hesitant of in general, but it's nice because Chelsea assets are nice in general because of what I mentioned with them uh, playing so consistently. Um, Spurs. Uh, yeah, like, I wouldn't... I want to say about Spurs. Uh, I think um, with Spurs, I would... They're not a team we should be targeting to buy because they don't blank in 25. And I, and I really wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate on Kane to Darwin as well in 25 because of that double. But I'm like massive on Nunes. I think, I'm not a Liverpool fan even, but I just think Nunes is absolutely world class. And I know his like Premier League goals don't reflect that this year. Like I'm fully aware of that. Fully aware that he misses big chances. But just from watching him play, the chaos he causes, the way he brings other players into the game, that pass to Salah, like running at like 30 kilometers an hour and just putting that ball over the top on a plate for him. Although I don't know what Pickford was doing, like the fact he can do stuff like that, the fact he gets so many shots, like I just think he's brilliant. And I think when you look at his underlying data, the fact that's close to Haaland's or even near to close is like ridiculous. Like, he's ridiculously good, ridiculously good for his age, and I think he's gonna score lots of goals. <laughs> Either the back end of this season or going into next season, like I just think, yeah, he's he's some player. I would the thing that makes it interesting though, and what might stop the Kane to Darwin move for some people is that is the fact Jota and Firmino are back. Um, now I've already got Nunes, so that's quite nice because it puts other people off buying him potentially. And then if Nunes does play, suddenly he's lower owned. But it could also be like an absolute nightmare having Nunes if he's then benched for one of those games in the double. 
Um, yeah, I suppose Kane, like, is similar, similar to what I said about Rashford and Trippier. Like, don't be scared to sell them if you think that's best for your team. But, like, yeah, put, obviously put that extra bit of thought into it based on the fact you might need to buy them back at some point. Um, and, yeah, does that mean that there are any other Spurs players like we're considering at the moment? Probably not. Like, I would 100% consider Son if they were doubling, for example. Um, I'm just going to have a quick look at Spurs' fixtures as well. Uh, so Spurs have got 24, West Ham, 25, Chelsea. Yeah, because they've not got a good fixture as well in 25. Yeah, Wolves, the tricky things they've got Wolves, Forest and Southampton in 26, 27 and 28 though. Yeah, tricky. Um, so with, uh, I guess with like Spurs in general, like it, I don't know, I've seen a lot of negative like tweets and comments about Spurs like being a mess from Spurs fans, but they're not a mess. Like they're doing absolutely fine. Last week, last year they got fourth. No one expected them to. That was all because of Conte came and managed to get fourth place. They're still in the Champions League. They've lost the first like one nil, but they're still in it. They're like three points off fourth place. Like, it's fine, and I get that fans get annoyed because it's boring football because of Conte, but that like they should have expected that. Like it always is when when you have Conte. Um, like defensive football is what he's very good at. So I don't think Spurs fans should be panicking as much as they are. But I think Arsenal doing so well probably plays into that. It's not me having a dig at Spurs fans at all. It's just that I think naturally that would happen. You demand for more from your team when you see your rivals doing well on probably like a similar like budget, I guess, and similar and similar spending. Um, just having another quick look at Spurs here. Um, yeah, they do potentially double in 29, which is interesting, but they're not ones we should be targeting now. Um, Liverpool, like I've already mentioned them, but I just think go big for the double. Don't wait and see, like, oh, how, how are they going to do against Newcastle? Like, we know they're a really good attack. Like, they're a, if you look at their like, underlying attacking numbers this season, like, they're nowhere near as they were. They aren't as good as they were last season, but they're still, like, they're still right right up there um, like all season I've just been well not from the beginning of course obviously I thought Trent was going to be great value but the last like seven or eight game weeks since it's been like obvious how bad Liverpool are defensively I just like cannot justify Trent Alexander-Arnold at his price tag at all but again it's a double game week and we know how good he is going forward he obviously has a potential to haul so Trent's a great option for the double game week um, just looking at their expected goals this season um yeah, like their third best team for expected goals this season, Liverpool. Like four expected goals behind Arsenal. Like they've probably been a bit unlucky. They've probably finished poorly. It's a mixture of things. The key thing that's poor is like their midfield, which impacts the defence, uh, in my opinion. And, and this was another reason that Trent might be a good option now is the fact that uh, Van Dijk's back. I think they're expecting Van Dijk to start this weekend, um, which is great if you're a Liverpool fan and great if... Uh, you already have Trent or I think you might buy him and it was an absolute joke he didn't get that assist by the way like that's crazy <laughs> I think he was like definitely trying to play the ball to Robertson but like I don't know I think players of that standard when they're putting a cross in they're not necessarily picking out one player in that in that same way that they're putting the ball in a certain direction in front of a couple of players knowing the first player might miss it into a general area and when you look at there's a Rafinha assist given last season or the season before where like even in the justification, Fantasy Premier League said like the intended destination was the six-yard box. So it doesn't need to be a specific player either. So I think Trent Owners got really hard done by that. Darwin I've already touched on. Like I think he's amazing. And um, I guess the reality is like most people are probably only going to have Salah plus Trent or Darwin uh, 
it, most likely. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think a lot of that will be determined not by how they play against Newcastle, but like minutes for Firmino and Jota against Newcastle uh, as well. Like how early does Nunes, if Nunes suddenly goes off in the 50th minute or at halftime, suddenly you think, oh, maybe I'll just go with Trent. But I think many like taking a hit to get both is fine. And just like you should definitely own Salah. Like I'm almost 100% sure I'll be captaining Salah in 25 unless he picks up a knock or there's some worry about minutes. Like I will definitely captain him. Like Saka's a good option as well, but I think Salah's by far the best option uh, that game week. So if you're like worried and thinking, oh, is Salah going to come into form or maybe I'm going to get him now because he scored a goal against Everton because he happened to score a tap in, like he's Mo Salah, he's class. And like even if you look at the season, his like non-penalty XG data still really good. Like not as good as it was, but he's one of the best attackers with a double game week and they're both good fixtures. And he's got some quite nice fixtures after that as well. So I would still really strongly consider, um, yeah, I would just definitely get Salah for that double. Um, I thought I'd touch on Man City, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, I've been through the big six plus Newcastle and I know that's, um, yeah, like that'll, that'll annoy people because like there are other teams to consider, but actually the reality, there's not necessarily that many other teams to consider. Um, I think one thing that we'll all be considering going to that 25, we'll, some of us will want some extra funds because we're trying to get, for example, uh, Salah or um, Trent. Um, so there will be budget, budget options we consider um, that play that game week. I think Tarkovsky is a great option. I think doing like Edison to Pickford's a good option if you've already got him as well. Um, and then Brentford players as well, potentially also um, uh, within that game week. Um, also, the reason I say that is, yeah, 25... Brentford play. Um, okay, yeah, sorry, that's my mistake. <laughs> Do not buy Brentford players, they blank in 25. Um, uh, Brighton, maybe that's what I meant, yeah. Um, no, Brighton blank, what am I thinking? Who blanks? Brighton, Brentford. Uh, yeah, I guess that, I guess that's why like Everton are such a, yes, yeah, it's, it's the fact they double in 25, that's it. I keep, I, sorry, ignore me for ignore that last minute of me speaking. I guess I keep forgetting that 25 is a double um, as well as a blank because that's such an unusual thing. So yeah, that's why I had Everton players in my head. So just I would just target Everton players um, and that's a downgrade to Pickford, downgrade to Tarkovsky, for example. Yeah, excuse sorry, my, my head's gone there. I'm a bit tired. <laughs> Don't buy Brentford players that week. Um, something to bear in mind is that game week 26, and when you're thinking about chip strategy, like that there's a chance that Brighton won't double uh, in 26 uh, because of um, sorry 27 not 26 because that game Brighton Palace is be rearranged because of train strikes and there's now more train strikes <laughs> planned for that weekend when the game is rearranged so I, I would just keep an eye on Ben Crellin's Twitter, Twitter basically uh, on that one um, Man City basically Man City stuff like normally Luke as you know, he's like the expert in predicting that lineup and stuff like that. He's already done that all through a tweet on his Twitter, so I thought I'd just point people towards there. Um, for this weekend, like there's lots of things he's had, to, he's had to take into account in terms of how Forrest will set up, which is slightly more awkward because they've got a couple of centre-backs injured. Like, Does that change their shape and therefore change what City do? Maybe. There's lots to consider in the fact that Mares has like consistently played Champions League in previous seasons, but was that because he wasn't first choice for the league when he's clearly first choice now? Like... There's, there's, there's loads of thought that Luke's had to put into it this year. So go over to Luke's Twitter. I think it's at FFScoutLuke. FFScoutLuke. Um, and you can see all his um, like justification for his predicted team for this weekend. Um, but that predicted team is Edison, 
Akanji, Diaz and Laporte. So he predicts no Ake, but I think that was quite a close call. It was basically Ake, Laporte and Diaz for three, three of them for two spaces. It's that kind of 3-2-2-3 three, two, two, three formation of then Rodri and Lewis in midfield, De Bruyne and Gundogan, Foden, Haaland and uh, Bernardo Silva. And that's all to do with, um, because of, I guess of, of fixtures being close together, wanting to have their best team for the Champions League, which at the moment definitely includes Grealish and Mahrez. Um, yeah, and I think Haaland, like, yeah, they definitely could have his minutes managed this week. That's just my thought on that. I would probably put his, like, expected minutes at maybe, like, uh, maybe, like, 72 minutes, maybe 70, like, around about there. Like, I think if I had to predict it, I'd probably predict he plays 65. There's always the chance they're not winning and he has to stay on later. Um, That's just my thought on that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think that changes anything in terms of captaincy, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to talk any more about, about Man City. You can go over to Luke's um, uh, Luke's Twitter and see that team and his reasoning for that. Um, before I just go to some questions to finish, uh, I just wanted to chat about chip strategy. Just really briefly though, briefly though, because we're going to cover this on the next podcast in a lot more detail. I would just say like you just need to be um, yeah quite open. Like you don't need to have a plan set in stone now because it's going to depend on lots of things. Uh, and for most of us, it will depend on whether Liverpool and Fulham play in uh, game week 28 or not. Because otherwise, a lot of us will be struggling, and that might mean we free hit 28. Um, uh, I would say like in there, there are basically four main. Uh, routes people will go down um, and two of those involve free hitting 28 there's basically the option to wild card before 28 free hit 28 and then you're set up for a bench boost and you have the option of 29 34 or 37 to bench boost you could free hit 28 but then wild card later if your team's really set up uh, for 27 29 30 31 and then you can buy wild card in 33 um you could free hit in 29 where there's a double there if your team's well set up for, for 28. Or you could free hit later and wildcard in 29 instead. Again, if your team's well set up for 28, wildcard 29, and then save a free hit for another double and then bench boost in one of the other doubles as well. Um, so like there's there's probably more options this year. Like those four ideas I've got there, that's just literally from Brent, Ben Krell and I'm not pretending that I've gone through and worked it all out. Like if you've got someone who's an absolute expert at it, see what they do. So Ben put those four options up and said he'll probably do one of those. But in previous seasons, Ben has said, like, this is obviously the best thing to do. Wildcard here, bench boost here, etc. Um, I think it's a lot more, probably a lot more team dependent this week uh, as well. Uh, and also just don't limit yourself to that free hit. Uh, in 25, it depends. Like, some, Sorry, don't limit yourself to one of those strategies because, for example, Tom from Who Got The Assist podcast, he's free hitting in 25 um, as well. Um, and that's just because it works for his team and like for most people that would be um, yeah, it wouldn't make sense but he's got no Liverpool players and there are lots of other reasons that makes logical sense for his for his team so I think it's more team dependent uh, than normal uh, just to finish just going to go over just four very quick questions that I've got through Twitter that I asked beforehand and bear with me while I just get those up so Yeah, we had a, a few different questions and they're all like fairly, I guess, fairly specific questions to people's teams, but um, a lot of people have similar dilemmas this week. Um, so I'll just shoot, shoot through those really fast. Um, F, at FPL, the Ron manager, do you think there's any point in buying a City defender this week? 
because there's a danger Morris might be dropped. Um, I don't think you should be buying a Man City defender this week. I think there's just too much rotation in the back line, and there's probably just higher priority for buying players for buying players who double in 25, basically, particularly particularly trying to get Trent instead now. Uh, for example, and if I was going to get a City defender, sorry, if I was going to get a defender that doesn't double, then I'd want to get one that's more uh, guaranteed for minutes, given that you're unlikely to have a good sub coming on. Uh, Josh asked, with the threat of rotation, is it better to have uh, to strengthen our third bench defender with a Wolves or Everton player? Um, yeah, Wolves, that's the other team I was thinking of before. Yeah, Wolves. So Kilman's probably a good option in defence, as is Tarkovsky. Uh, we don't know what Bueno's minutes will be like yet. Um, but yeah, Tarkovsky is a really good option there because obviously we don't want an Everton defender long term and he's a nice cheap option. Um, so I think that is worth it, Josh. Um, and it's worth it because, yeah, you've then got a player with doubles. Um, so I target from those two teams. FPL Abe, I want to transfer out Botman. I want to target 25. Is Gomez an option? Thoughts on Tarkovsky? I've covered Tarkovsky there. Gomez I don't think is an option just because Van Dijk's back and Matic probably plays. So I would avoid Joe Gomez. <laughs> Another question saying, when is the podcast released from 20 minutes ago? It will be soon. <laughs> uh, is it worth a minus up for to take out White and get three Arsenal attackers? As I mentioned before, I think because we've only got one double now, uh, to work towards that's probably not worth it now in my opinion and will you get Luke's City prediction yep I've been through it already so go to his Twitter account um, they're all quite straightforward questions which is why I shot through that really quickly um, yeah we'll be back podcasting at, on Thursday next week hopefully with both of us uh, and be able to do that as a live stream again um, but yeah let me know if you've enjoyed this and it's a bit more rambly and lower quality um, but hopefully still helpful for some of you and yeah feel free to message us on Twitter if you have any more questions and things like that and captaincy I've, I've realised I forgot to cover but I think it's pretty straightforward this week captain Erling Haaland I think the only player who comes maybe close is like Kane because uh, that's quite a nice fixture against West Ham and his minutes are so secured if like you're really really chasing but I, I don't think it's worth it this week to go against Haaland I think he's um, yeah I, I think he's going to start so I, I would, I would um, have him comfortably ahead of Kane um, even if their EV is fairly similar um, uh uh, as well and I guess the fact as well that Spurs are so poor at the moment and the fact that now Forrest have their two main ten facts injured makes Haaland even more appealing um, but yeah thanks for watching everyone really appreciate it and um, head over to our Twitter and uh, find Luke's thread give us a follow like and subscribe we'd really appreciate it and have a good weekend <laughs>